Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water and Water Life Science. Thirteen years ago, I decided I would love to have my own radio show when I was asked, and we started in with thinking about water because I'm very, I've been studying water. I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, and I've been this, uh, in water research for almost 40 years before I even started Biologic Aqua Research, trying to understand the behavior of the human body, water percentage per organ, and the evaporation from birth, not dehydration, evaporation first, to live with the water vapor of the atmosphere like a battery. We're all like a battery. We have so much going on to learn. And then I found myself learning more and more and more about what's going on with the body water and what hasn't been taught because I like common sense. I was going to write a book about it, but I'm not going to yet. I'm going to wait until I'm ready. I found myself putting products on the market to sample to show the world what I was talking about, the water vapor and the the evaporation of the body's water loss. Now, we have so much to learn. And I've noticed that the world is not putting priority to water. We should make it a priority. And our elected leaders have not really making it a priority through the years. Now, our forefathers did because they put all the cities right next to water, rivers and different locations. But we found ourselves studying the behavior of what was going on throughout the world with communities and countries and their constitutions and what was important to them. As I learned, as I traveled and studied, I found myself really fascinated. What happened here? to research, not to study after the 1800s, the behavior of water evaporation of the human body and looking for cures, not remission. People are in a hurry. They don't have the patience that our forefathers thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, even a hundred years ago, had, and they haven't had any patience to want to really thoroughly learn what it, what it is in our body water loss that causes these symptoms to disease, or causes our emotional needs, the, to live with the planet Earth itself, because the Earth is going through it too. 
but they're not influenced by humans as much as we are influenced by humans. We have so much to learn. And I just wish that people would admit that because we don't know it all. I was telling somebody recently, I have not been depressed in my life because they thought maybe sometimes I would get, everybody gets disappointed and depressed. And I had to admit to myself and others, I'm not smart enough to be depressed. You've got to think you know to be depressed. You have to be convinced you're right to be depressed. You have to be convinced you're so right to raise your tone of voice and get upset. You're so right. You're convinced. I find myself noticing that if we would all want to work together on looking for those cures, looking for answers, but you have to go to the root of looking for an answer. You can't just do it on the trunk. It's got to be at the root. It's always the root. And as you study the root, how it wants to grow and develop, mature, have a life, you begin to realize the roots of our life is where the answers could possibly begin. I think we all should be doing this. Now, today we're going to have a special guest on that I've invited, Jim Derrick, who's the co-founder of the SAFE Coalition. And he's been spending his life throughout the whole United States teaching people about their mental outlook, how to, to mentally try to answer problems some problems of individual mental needs and addiction. And we have throughout the world a lot of mental problems, but a lot of addiction. I'm going to blame a little, quite a bit of that on human trafficking because human trafficking is out there making a lot of money with addiction. So today, when we go to have our special guest on, when Jim Derrick comes on, that I invited to educate us and what he has been learning, we'll have so much to think about. Because when we bring scientists in, scholars, physicians, have Nobel Prize winners on more, They've been teaching us, like in a laboratory, you're hearing how to maybe look for the root of answers and how the, what, what is common. And I try to keep it to the common sense because I think common sense is what we need for health education worldwide. We're during a pandemic now. Have you noticed? We have a pandemic going on. It's difficult. It's serious. We want to get the children back to school. 
people back to work, to take care of their kitchen tables and not let them suffer any longer. They've been told to wear masks. It's mandatory. What about everybody being told you cannot gather in a street? You cannot gather out there and begin a situation to where people are exposed and not being wearing a mask. The children are being affected. Forget about the adults. All children are being affected worldwide. Our children should be the priority of everything. And as you all know, at the end of every show, I always say, put a child's heart in your hand. Every child is perfect. And are they smart? They're smarter than people want them to think. But we want them safe. We want them to go back to school. They want their parents to be able to take care of that kitchen table. I don't care if it's a billion-dollar kitchen table. Everybody has to make ends meet all over the world. We should make a priority of the pandemic first and get the kids back to school, parents back to work, churches going again, everybody out there working to get back to normal and wear the masks and do everything you have to do to be safe and well. And anybody who doesn't want to do it, be polite and remind them we have a pandemic going on and we better think about what's best for the children. The children could go back to school with everybody walking in and hand sanitizer, handed a mask. Every child wears a mask and has a temperature check. Every child goes into a health education class in school to start with that lasts at least 15 minutes for people to understand why it's the spit that's carrying the pandemic, the saliva, spit. And when you touch the organ of the eye, it's the carrier because the skin doesn't cover the organ of the eye all day. And if the tear film, the 99% water, is immunity weak at the moment with over-evaporation of that water at the surface, it can cause the virus to move into the eye and begin to develop into a virus and a, and a reaction, common sense. They should, could have a temperature check every day, but also be tested. When they have enough lab technicians out there in the United States 
It's lab technicians. We do not have a lot of lab technicians to get those results. So it's very difficult when there's not enough. We need to train more lab technicians to get more results quicker. We've got to use our common sense and help each other. Maybe the children could have a class and think they could become inventors too of what to do to save lives. It's possible. To me, that can be very smart. First, we're going to listen before we bring on Jim Derrick, who's the co-founder of Safe Coalition. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. It is for immunity protection for the organ of the eye. It's the only product like it in the world. It'll, you can apply it with it's a tissue culture grade water. And when it supplements and slows down the evaporation, it'll assist you year-round, forever, with dry eye disease. What is dry eye disease? The immunity strength of the eye is weak, and you get drier. It supplements before you apply the eye drop that can trap the moisture, but it doesn't supplement the moisture. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jim, are you with us? I am here, Sharon. Well, thank nice you for joining me as my... Nice to hear yours, and thank you for joining me today as my invitation to be... That you have such a background that's been highly recommended to us by Kevin Kearns, that the, your background 
is extraordinary. And they have a lot of passion in what you're doing and experience. I'm going to tell, I could introduce your bio, but I want you to tell the audience about who you are. You live in Norfolk, Massachusetts, but tell us about who you are, what you do, and how you got where you're at today with your commitment. Sure. Well, thank you again so much for having me. Um, I am uh, turning 60 this year, which is hard hard to believe, but uh, I spent 30 years of my professional life in the risk management arena uh, for both property casualty insurance as well as doing corporate risk management. I am married. I have three boys, adult children. And uh, about 10 years ago, I had a bit of a life-altering event, a medical event that took me out of my professional career. And I chose at that time to focus really on my family. And that kind of brings us to the topic of the day. Uh, One of my boys uh, suffers from uh, addiction, from substance use disorder, and has suffered for the better part of 15 years. He's now 28 years of age. And uh, so I really was walking with him, walking this walk uh, from a very young age of his uh, and found the environment to be full of stigma, very difficult to navigate. There weren't a lot of resources, uh, difficult to ask people for help, and certainly difficult to find help. So um, my son had a, uh, uh, a near-fatal car accident as a result of an overdose in 2015, and at that point, he was in the hospital in a coma. And uh, one of my, to my shock, my community started talking about the substance use disorder in the in the open and public. Uh, there had been four or five fatal overdoses that month, and my son's kind of tipped the scale. Uh, happily, he did recover, and he went on to treatment from there. But at that moment, the Safe Coalition was launched, and we decided to enter into community conversations, get key stakeholders to the table and start trying to tackle from the community, from the grassroots up. And frankly, I love your introduction with common sense. Uh, we tried to tackle the nation's number one health epidemic at the time. Unfortunately, it's been eclipsed by COVID, but that is substance use disorder. And that's what we started in 2015. Mm-hmm. And happily today, we are a thriving uh, coalition uh, providing service to well over a quarter million people. Oh, my. Oh, goodness. So, and you travel all over the United States helping others in what you do. I, I do. Uh, we have a wonderful board of directors and executive director who, are, uh, who is clinically qualified in this area. And I always tell people uh, the expertise that I have is through lived experience. The initials at the end of my name are dad. I'm very proud of those initials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've mm-hmm. learned a great deal. I've been asked to speak um, all across the country at treatment centers talking about exactly what we're, we're discussing, which is the boots-on-the-ground practical experience of a family that finds themselves in the grips of what could be a terminal illness and literally had no resources and no place to turn and felt stigmatized at every turn. And how does somebody overcome that? What are the obstacles that we as a community, as a nation, uh, can remove uh, and, and replace with better supports for people like us? Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that going that during this pandemic, it's been difficult for individuals who are trying to recover from what you're talking about too, because they can't, they couldn't get to the meetings, and they really thrive with those personal meetings. 
one-on-one? Did you, have you noticed a lot of um, problems and, let's say, some repercussions because of what's going on? Most definitely, Sharon. Um, I took a peek at statistics just nationally. Uh, there has been May 2019 compared to May 2020, there's been a 42% increase in fatal drug overdoses between those two months. Wow. So our, our wow. fatal drug overdoses are way up. People's relapse rate is way up. And one of the reasons is because they mm-hmm. can't get to meetings. And then, of course, people are so isolated. Uh, substance use disorder, addiction, as it, as it has been called in the past, alcoholism, they're all diseases of, um, of isolation. And they thrive on isolation. And connection is mm-hmm. really the, uh, the uh, anecdote to that. So when you are isolated, you tend to relapse more frequently. Uh, another thing now, I might mention. Uh, describe, I'm, I'm going to get please. you to do me a favor, Jim, sure. real quick. That description you use to the audience, because I am a common sense person, what does the description definition of isolation mean? Describe that. What is an individual who has an addiction? They feel isolated. What does that mean to you? What, to the description. That's a great question. Well, of course, there's a physical component of it, but I would submit that the spiritual component is more challenging. Um, Substance use disorder has been classified as a mental illness. It's certainly a a spiritual malady from the perspective that I come from. And so when people feel cut off, when they feel cut off from their supports, they can also be made to feel very alone in this world. And uh, it's an illness that brings about with it a lot of um, self-doubt, a lot of uh, shame in many cases. So when they don't have those supports, the voices can get very, very loud. And so that isolation tends to spiral in on itself. I'm not sure if I answered your question. Um, I think I was talking well, more where I came from, than... too, with it. Yeah, where I was coming from also is an individual who does get addicted. And I'll give you my analyzing of it here in a minute with re- because of the research side but because of the science side. But when they become addicted or the body is craving this compulsion to need help from being lonely or a trauma or the body is taking over you, you didn't even know it. It's kind of like overeating chocolate when you... The body shouldn't have had so much chocolate, but just people do, or too many Oreo cookies or, or something that you overdo, and the body gets craving it, doesn't want to quit, like a piece mm-hmm. of popcorn, a chip, but the body has a tendency to crave. The uh, isolation to becoming lonelier by the fact that you didn't realize you're becoming addicted. The body is in control of you. You're not. And you've lost control of that. And then you become more isolated because the body, the person's mind is wondering what is happening, but not, not admitting and nobody wants to admit. The body is taking control because it has The body has a craving. Not everybody craves the same thing. I've been in audiences, a guest speaker, Jim, when I'd say, have you ever craved? 
And have you ever had anything you couldn't eat, just one? Mm-hmm. I had somebody even say cherries once. Couldn't eat <laughs> just one cherry. And, and that's the, the body addiction. I, um, I'm that way with a piece of popcorn. Uh, if I could have, I don't have it commonly. But when I do, I want to eat the whole thing, Jim. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I wish yeah. cherries were my problem. <laughs> but, you know, Sharon, you, but, you make an excellent point. One of the cornerstones of most forms of recovery, and including the one I'm most familiar with, which is uh, 12-step in nature, uh, one of the cornerstones is fellowship. It is the community, and that community is the centerpiece of someone's recovery for a lot of the reasons you're talking about. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. The isolation uh, emphasizes that craving. There's very little support or distraction from that craving. The brain starts uh, playing a little trick on you. Yes. And I'm going to call it, it, it plays tricks because the body is being in control because of a craving. And then you don't understand what it's, what it's really doing to crave. Maybe other people around you aren't going through that same craving. But everybody, Jim, no two people are born with the same eyes, the same skin, the same fingerprints. Everybody evaporates water from birth as a sponge to death, to dehydration. Now, what is that evaporation doing? Normally, it should be flowing like a, a good uh, atmospheric response to, to evaporate. But all of a sudden, parts of the body want to have a, 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 a dehydration effect. Not all the body. So the addiction begins to take on a part of the body, and the body begins to crave then. It's compulsion then. And that individual doesn't know that. Are they drinking enough water? Right. One of the keys to it all is to slow down that eva- evaporation, take control of it. Mm-hmm. Living with the water vapor, the atmosphere, we're batteries. What about our diet? Right. Number two, vital. Because maybe in the diet, we've done something to provoke it that's not helping it one bit either. The addiction at the gate when it's starting. We're not being educated that if we feel that addiction, what can we do about it immediately? Like if you fell down and broke a bone, you'd feel it. Right. But with addiction, it becomes challenging because it, there's never been what I call, Jim, really good health education with it. And I've watched it, and it shocked me. Now, when you've been at this for so long, too, and getting your life's experience in your home affecting the family, it is challenging in the family because everybody has a different way to look at it. Yes. And today, with the pandemic going on and what's going on with everybody out there, having a different home behind the doors, how they're affecting this pandemic and how it starts out and then it slows down. It starts out and it slows down. 
they're not realizing that our health education global, the whole globe, has not really been good, Jim. I've said it for years. That's why I like this radio show. We talk about health education, what we can learn. And you're out there now among all these people, and you're learning that they're confused with the strains. With those strains, there's so many strains, like there are so many types of addiction to be able to, how does a person learn to be health educated with what's going on right now, including mental problems? And addiction problems that maybe you have on top of the mental. We have people that are bipolar, manic, depressant, get depressed. Then we have other people who um, have a different types of addiction to maybe they went to the dentist and had right. a pain pill. And they didn't right. realize that why they kept wanting more of those pain pills. And I'll go that yes. common sense with it. It can happen to anybody. Anybody who doesn't think it could happen to them are crazy. Right. It could happen you know, to Sharon, anybody. What, I'm sorry. Um, I was just thinking as you were speaking that you're Go talking ahead. about a holistic, a holistic approach uh, to this, and you're absolutely right in saying that that's something that we increasingly back up our view. So we started at a 1,000-foot view and said the problem are the drugs. Just say no. And we backed up a little bit and said, wait a minute, I think we've got a bigger problem here. It's not just drugs, but it's somebody's mental uh, health. And that's why they're getting addicted. Maybe it's the drugs combined with mental health. And we kept backing up and backing up our view. And your suggestion about water, the role of water, the role of nutrition, is so important to incorporate in the entire holistic view of what is this person presenting Uh, the problem that they're presenting, and what are the solutions. And I'll give you a couple of examples. If we just tackle drug abuse with one person, but we don't look at the comorbid bipolar or mental health illness, and and we say, well, we cured their drug abuse, they're no longer abusing drugs, they go back out on the street mentally ill, they'll be right back in again, uh, likely addicted again. Similarly, and I see this all the time, if we don't address nutritionally, or through proper hydration, or as you suggest, a scientific health education view of the entire body, the entire being, including spiritual, uh, then we see people come out, and similarly, it's like whack-a-mole. Well, we, we solved the mental illness and the substance use disorder, but they're still drinking Red Bull and eating you know, uh, junk food, right. and so they have right. major problems. They relapse and back we go again. So you are spot on in your assessment of this, and I can tell you that as somebody who's been observe- observing this for and the cycles for well over 15 years. Well, I, 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 I challenged what I do with research, and I'm a root mm-hmm. person, Jim. I like to take the root. It's like the root of a plant. I've had people say, well, that plant is dead. And I'll say, no, give it a chance. Let's see if it wants to relive. It might. You never know. It's the rut. And it's always shocking to people how we learn from our roots, from what, where we come from as a root living with this planet Earth. Because when that baby comes out of that womb, of that pocket of water, 
it wouldn't have been born if they didn't have a percentage of water per organ. That baby comes out like a sponge coming out of a glass of water and begins an evaporation mm-hmm. before dehydration. That ba- There are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, no two skins right. alike. Everybody is evaporating and is different. Just because one member of the family gets the common cold or likes to eat a lot of chocolate doesn't mean all members might. Why is it that when people all were born by the same mother, they're different? Mm-hmm. It's because we are different. Every one of us is different. We live with the planet Earth. That water vapor in the atmosphere like a battery being charged. If we weren't being charged, Jim, there would be no life. That's what happens. That's, right. That's what we do with our life once we come, come out from that right. womb. Right. But the people are not getting their health education answers to why the body craves, why there's certain things. They're not getting to the basic of the common sense Yes, nobody ever gets it fast enough. I know it's sometimes impossible because a person who is becoming addictive to chocolate doesn't want to admit it, right? Right. And thing, yes, and they want to keep eating their chocolate. They'll they'll take leave the earth living their their chocolate, even though the chocolate wasn't good for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've seen you know, people running time. down the roads where their they know their bones are being affected. Now, we've got a break, and it's the only break we take, Jim. And we'll be right back after our sponsor, and then we'll get you to teach us what you believe has to be from the root of helping these people learn how to think about it from the root and then where they're at today. We'll listen to our sponsor. We'll be right back. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Miss, but just a mist. The surface of the eye is 99% water. Years ago, when ophthalmology research asked me to study that evaporation of the eye, and I showed them the problems of in, the immunity strength of the eye is weakened with that because of dry eye disease. That's why they call it dry eye disease. That 99% water is immunity weak. In the eye, you need to supplement it with a mist. We have a tissue culture-grade water that has sold millions and going throughout the world. It's one of a kind, so simple for all members of the family. And especially from now on, when you start thinking about your education, about the immunity of the eye has to be protected from now on for a lifetime. We'll listen to our sponsor with just a miss. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. 
Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Today, audience, I've had a special guest I've invited. We have a pandemic going on. Everybody is working like a warrior to save lives and get the children back to school, people back to work and people back to normalities throughout the world. We're all in this together. I've invited Jim Derrick, who's the co-founder of Safe Coalition. Jim, when you're yeah. working with people out there now um, to get to the what's going on, what are you finding that has to be done to give people the confidence that we can be in, we're in this together, all of us. And um, that your the addiction classes, they're going to get back together, recovery classes, and then the mental health classes can start getting, because there's mental health classes that haven't been able to meet either. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, sorry. No, go ahead. What's, there's been a lot that hasn't been able to get back to the normality of where we were. And you're traveling the United States, educating people what, what you believe they should think about, that the education behind us that we could all be doing together. Well, that's one of the keys that you just mentioned, together. And I think you know, we don't solve a problem overnight, and we're certainly not going to solve this one overnight. So the critical right. part, I think, the, the critical landscape that had to change, uh, and I think our coalition, I know in area, our area, has been instrumental in doing so, is the landscape that was causing people to feel stigmatized about, A, having the illness, be it mental illness or substance use disorder or both, and B, being the parents and family of somebody who's suffering. Because all that does is keep people locked in their homes uh, and not uh, seeking treatment. So that, that battle had to, had to occur. What we needed, needed to do and have been doing now since this pandemic's been going on is we are continually messaging people, letting them know that they're not alone, letting them know both publicly and privately 
that they are supported. We are doubling down on the calls that we make, checking in on people. People that have our sponsor relationships are doubling down on those calls. They are making sure that while this is an isolating uh, illness, that people don't feel isolated to whatever extent they can. And then we have to assure the general public that we understand that this is not, as you mentioned, classes so much as they are critical components of somebody's overall health and that we understand the importance and we prioritize uh, education and treatment for substance use disorder and mental health the way it should be prioritized, which frankly is a life or death situation. And we're trying to push that education down as low as uh, very, very early grade school because we're finding that most children need to start having conversations about their social emotional health very, very early on and not waiting until they're teenagers to start talking to them about the drugs, but rather focusing on the behaviors that are predictive of substance use disorder problems, mental health problems when they're younger. So it's a long-winded way of saying that we need to continue to communicate and message to people that we understand that they're ill, we understand that families are suffering, and this pandemic brings on a unique set of challenges, and that we're going to doubly commit to reaching out and staying in touch with them and, and making sure that these necessary points of education and treatment continue, even in light of this pandemic. Have you noticed that, you know, when people are not able to go to work and the children are home, have you ever had an argument about money with your wife in your life, <laughs> about paying the bills? Most definitely. Uh, yeah, we all, it's all part of, you know, when you're first married, especially, it's a new experience. Well, life in a home, I call it the kitchen table. If things, if they're put out of work intentionally and they can't go back to work intentionally and they're, they're, they're finding what happened here, why aren't people understanding I have to have a paycheck. I've been making ends meet the best I could. And then have you ever had in your home where maybe the car broke down or the washing machine broke and you have extra expenses, those surprises, and those people can't go back to work and the children are having to listen to that because they're frustrated what to do? And there already maybe somebody in the home having addiction trouble and recovery, hopefully. Going through maybe they're schizophrenic on medication. They have to get their medication. Right. They have other we reasons with number, that they need uh, yeah. that paycheck. That's right. Yeah. Have you been working we, with we that? Work with, um, yeah, we have very much so. We work with uh, area police departments. Uh, and many of those police departments, this has been happening nationally. It's certainly, I think Massachusetts was one of the leaders in this. These police departments are being retrained as social service workers, or they're bringing in social service workers to accompany them. And um, we, can, we are part of that team. So we have seen domestic violence going up significantly. We've seen restraining orders skyrocketing. We've seen all of the kitchen table warning signs, the warning signs of the bad environment that you're talking about are escalating because, as you just said, 
pressure has increased so much on people at home. And as a result, whether the person that's committing these acts or is, uh, whether it's a parent that's involved with substance use disorder or uh, a child, teenager, uh, another person in the home, it exacerbates everything. So comorbid with this increase in pressure, we're we're getting a ton of phone calls into our coalition from parents looking Mm -hmm. for help, relatively young teenagers, 14, 15, 16-year-old teenagers who are Smoking yeah. uh, pot is the most yeah. common one, chronically, because trying to deal with their loneliness and their and their stress. Right, and maybe they got it with their friends being a, a few a friend of theirs, and um, right. that is the other thing with children. I watch it uh, through the years. Is the child um, when they go to visit their friends? Maybe you, your family is not having any problems. And yet the child goes to visit with children whose families are having a problem and comes home and gets more affected by that relationship with their close friend and worried about them. Then all of a sudden they accept the fact of what's going on also and and begin to do it too because they get mentally exhausted, let's say, with what has happened to their friend yes. and they feel compassionate and then become vulnerable to the weakness of themselves and the family hasn't caught on yet. No. And um, you know, the, that's a challenge. It really is the messaging uh, relative to substance use, particularly with marijuana um, is, is, uh, uh, just you know, it's it's another situation where we see people politicizing something that is uh, has medical has science behind it. Uh, you, we know that the young mind that is under the age twenty four uh, that introducing mind altering substances will cause, especially if they use chronically, will cause uh, uh, the brain not to form properly. Will cause cognitive deficits. Uh, uh, and we know that's the case, especially w- uh, when it's used chronically. So chronic marijuana use before the age of 24 is a leading indicator of mental illness, bipolar, uh, uh, cognitive deficits, and so on and so forth. It's not a schizophrenia. Just like, yeah. yeah, schizophrenia, absolutely, uh, psychosis. So that's not a political issue, and I can almost hear your mailbox filling up as we speak because uh, it gets politicized. The issue isn't whether or not marijuana is bad for somebody. The issue is, do we have the science to support what I just said? And we do. So my point is the messaging is all over the map. So as a, we get a lot of parents calling and saying, well, it's just weed. Isn't it okay that Johnny, who's only 15, is smoking it? And my answer to that is a resounding no. You're at Whole Foods markets shopping for organic fruits because you want your kids to be safe, yet you're asking me if it's only marijuana. Isn't it okay for them to smoke marijuana? Do we see the problem here? <laughs> you know, so uh, we really need to. Well, look they at have more than that. Thing. They have like the cookies and and the different right. ointments and different things that people think innocently they're going to try, but they don't know if they're going to be the one who could become addicted. You never know, ever. One time, Jim, no, I don't. was handed. I've I've never had the common cold. And then I started having a lung problem years ago, about three years ago, mm. for the first time in my life. 
Well, they handed me some medicine to take, and I said, now, before I go into this, I want you to understand when you've explained all this, which ones would become maybe possibly addictive. They said, well, two of them. I said, take them back. I'm not going to take a chance that my body is going to make a decision for me. I didn't want it. And you have to think that way because the doctors are not going to think that way. They don't know if you would either, but they all, that's what they have to to prescribe. And we have to learn to use our heads, but it's no different than you just said, going to whole foods. Be sure that whatever you get, that sugar, we've learned that sugar is, is addictive. Glucose, sugar, right. addictive. I mean, right. And these are scientific, this is not a political issue. I, I'm listening to, I'm speaking with an expert in, in water, uh, someone who's dedicated her whole life to that. Uh, I'm not here to, to politicize water. I'm here to listen to the expert and, as you say, apply common sense and say, well, if enough arrows are pointing to this being important, then I'm going to go with the science. And it's the same thing with what you just said about drugs. Uh, when it comes to opioids, for example, I, if I had a nickel for every time somebody said to me, I came back from the dentist's office and I had eight pills in a bottle, they're all highly addictive, say Percocet, and I took one, I couldn't stand it, I threw the rest away down at the police station, and I just took Advil, and that took care of my pain. Well, if you multiply, I'm sure you've had those conversations before. You just relayed to me one. So if you multiply that out uh, among everybody in the country, you realize how much we're overprescribed. And just to add a statistic to that, the United States can, is, makes up, what, 5% of the world's population and consumes 85% of prescription opioid painkillers. It's a marketing issue. It's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of common sense issue. Uh, not, and, and that's really what it boils and it down happened. to. It began to happen about a little over 50-odd years ago, 60 years ago, when people got older and they started prescribing no end of medication to keep them in remission, right. not find cures. And that's what I study. Right. Why can't we get cures? to assist the body with what it needs. Now, the one thing when you bring up the word opioid, I've had doctors on here and the scientists, and I'll say, how often when you go to prescribe it, do you tell them to drink one whole glass of water at a time with it? Right. One whole glass. Well, they drink water. Well, no, one whole glass of water to absorb it, let the body work with it. They, they're not, they weren't, they weren't, they were just letting him take a sip to tr- take the pill. Not, right. you've got to take, drink the whole large eight ounce glass of water for every pill you take. It's very important. Then the body can deal with it. It can assimilate it, make a de- dis- absorption decision right. and work with it. Chances are then you've beat what could be an addictive problem, yeah, possibly. But the thing is, is the doctors, it's not, it's not their fault. That's what's been recommended, invented for them to prescribe, to keep people in a remission, let's say, to help right. give them some. And people are blamed too, Jim. They're always in a hurry. Well, I want to I yeah. figure this out now. 
And have you ever noticed that people don't come to, to work with you until their addiction is out of control somewhat? Because it's the they old waited too uh, long. adage, you never find an atheist in a foxhole. And you're absolutely right. People wait till they're deep in a foxhole. And um, I empathize with them beings. because... Yeah. Yeah. Human nature. No patience human anymore. Nature. No, you're right. All these historical movie films of history and those buildings and all that they did in those buildings, how much time it had to take to build yeah. that cathedral, that palace, that place. And it takes time. Well, nowadays we most, they don't we care. care. Everything's in a hurry. We have our most precious asset, our children. And I love what you close with. You're going to do so in a couple of minutes. But our most precious asset, our children. We need to slow down, as you say, and take the time and the common sense approach, which isn't instant, but it's, you know, you need to take the time to accumulate the knowledge to treat them holistically from the minute that they're in utero till the day that they, that they uh, fly away. I mean, it's, it's so critically important. We're dealing at the Safe Coalition with the downstream implications of, as a culture, I'm not blaming any one parent, as a culture of not doing so of not looking at them holistically and taking nutrition, hydration, education. Now we're, I'm so uh, sorry. We're out of time. But do you, how okay. do people find you, Jim? Uh, we're talking with uh, Jim Derrick today, who's a co-founder of Safe Coalition. How do yeah, they find you? We're going over you find me at uh, J. Derrick, D-E-R-I-C-K, at Safe Coalition, M-A, M as in Mary, A as in Apple, Dot org. You can call me at 508-596-4985. Okay. Well, thank you for get your dedication and your passion. You sure definitely you, have given your life to this. And the people that you're working with, tell them I said, I really appreciate what they're doing. Because right now with our pandemic, it's a challenge to get people mentally with people like yourself dedicated, people mentally realizing we can do this. We can do it together. We're all in this together. We can do it, Jim. We can. We can. And Sharon, Look I want what to we've done in so the country. Well, God bless, and you have, you have a nice day, and you be well. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well, audience, our mental outlook on what's going on here throughout the world, throughout the world. We're all in this together. And I've said so long that our health education, we need to get to common sense, get to common sense and help each other with the common sense of what it takes for all of us. And think about the children, even if you have no children in the home, think about those children that are out there trying to make, get back to school. The, we're working toward band and, and theater and music and sports and all the going to school and enjoying their relationships with their friends, close to their friends. Think about those children. And like I've said in every show from the beginning, put a child's heart in your hands. Hold that heart. It's dear as you can, because there's no such thing as an imperfect child. I want to thank you for listening, 
and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.